Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Last Wednesday, our gospel tailed off with Pontius Pilate asking a cynical and rhetorical question, what is truth? But it turns out that what he was asking was really altogether the wrong question. The real question is not what is truth, but rather who is truth. Today, Good Friday, we look on as the truth hangs on a cross, bearing the sins of the whole world in order to reconcile us to God our Father. Truth was incarnate in Jesus Christ, and he willingly walked this path for you. Our sermon series throughout this season of Lent has centered on God's call through the prophet Joel for his people to return to him. To admit your sinful nature and to come to the one who is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. The one who loves you, the one who provides for you, and the one who sent his son to die for you because he relents over disaster. His call today is for you to return, to turn to Christ Jesus, for he and he alone is your life and salvation. The chief priests and the scribes and the whole council had delivered Jesus over to Pontius Pilate. They insisted that he had done evil and that somehow he deserved punishment, even death. Pilate was on to them. He knew they were driven by selfish motivations, but at the same time he was backed into a corner. His choice was impossible. Either put an innocent man to death, or lose control of the town as the population erupted in a riot. Everything was working according to plan. But it was not the plan of the chief priests. It was a plan that God himself had put together. A plan of salvation necessitated by mankind's fall into sin at the temptation of Satan. A plan that included a battle between the offspring of the serpent and the offspring of the woman. A plan that required that the heel of the Son of Man be bruised, but that would finally be complete as the head of the serpent's offspring was crushed and death was stripped of its power. This plan would play out on Calvary's cross, and Jesus was at the center. Pilate tried to placate the accusers. He had Jesus flogged and tortured, mocked, humiliated, insulted, beaten to within an inch of his life, dressed in a purple robe and a sarcastic nod to his divinity. How could Pilate stand before the people and point to Jesus, bloody and bruised as he was, and say with a straight face, I find no guilt in him? As if perhaps he had been trying to beat the guilt out of him. But the plan was already in motion, and there was no changing the outcome. Jesus had to die. Crucify him. Crucify him. 
John tells us it was the chief priests and the officers who cried those words, but it was not just they. No, it was you and I. Our sinful nature rises up even as Christ demands our attention. The law prescribes our actions, and we want no part of that. You shall have no other gods? (laughs) Well, fine. I'll have only one God, but it'll be me. This man, this son of God, wants first place. I say no, and so he must die. Crucify him. Do not take the Lord's name in vain. (laughs) Well, this man, of course, is blasphemed. He has made himself out to be the very son of God. Crucify him. Honor the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. You can't tell me what to do with my day off. Crucify him. Honor your father and mother. You shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet. Crucify him. You chafe at God's leading. Your sinful nature wants nothing to do with it because it is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law, indeed it cannot, as we read in Romans chapter 8. Your sinful nature rises up before the truth. It closes its ears and it shouts, Crucify him. But the truth is not so easily silenced. The truth echoes in your ears even as it hangs lifeless on a cross. The truth slips past your defenses, and the word softens your heart. You may cry out in anger, crucify him, but the truth, the truth, whispers gently in your ears, yes, crucify me, for that is the only way out of this mess. Someone has to die for all that you have done, and I have come for just that purpose. Crucify me. Those are the words of your Lord. Look at the cross. Look at the one who hangs upon it, bearing your sins, taking your punishment. His appearance, according to the prophet Isaiah, so marred beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of the children of mankind. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, a man acquainted with grief. Look at this man. Look at your God, beaten, bruised, bleeding, suffering, dying for you. Surely he has has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The Christ dies for you. He carries your griefs, your sorrows, and your guilt. But the question so many of us ask on this Good Friday is, why? Why did it have to be like this? The prophet continues, It was the will of the Lord God to crush him. He has put him to grief. He poured out his soul to death and was numbered with transgressors, Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. Your Savior, 
your Lord, who died for your sins, who made intercession for you, who willingly poured out his soul to death so that you would have life. This man, this Jesus, he is the way, he is the truth and the life. And no one of us comes to the Father except through him. And so your heart, led by the Holy Spirit, finally relents and cries out, Crucify him. But not in anger. No, now you cry this because you see that there is no other way. All of your righteous deeds are like a polluted garment, and you can't fix it. You can't be good enough. You can't be without sin. And you can't win your own salvation. Whatever good you might manage to pull off is completely marred by the shadow of your sin. With man, this is impossible. But in Matthew's Gospel, we are reminded, with God, all things are possible. With God, you, even you, can be saved. But someone must endure the penalty. God's wrath, his righteous judgment on our sin, it must be satisfied. The wages of sin must be paid, and so someone has to die. That someone is Jesus. He lived the perfect life that you could not. He has taken all of your sin onto himself. He took all of it to the cross to satisfy the wrath of God. And he gives you his own righteousness in return. For this, he asks only that you trust in him and leave the work to him. Today, as you survey the wondrous cross on which your Prince of Glory died, may you hear God's call to return to him, to return to the truth, to trust in the one who has promised your salvation and eternal life. See from his head, his hands, his feet. Sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did e'er such love and sorrow meet, or thorns compose so rich a crown? In Jesus' name, amen. May the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in this same Christ Jesus, crucified for you. Amen.